Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast at UT Belfast. We hope you enjoy as you join with us on Sunday mornings and listen in as we seek to inspire our church and the people of our city to encounter Jesus and just love it with the biggest heart of compassion possible. Hey, if you have a Bible, we're going to read from Philippians chapter 1. If we haven't met before, my name is Ryan. And uh, I'm so glad that you have chosen to uh, be part of Church Online today, or perhaps you're watching this and it's tomorrow, or today is yesterday, or it was last week, or you're watching this at a later date, but I'm so glad that you have chosen uh, to be part of this uh, Church Online today. We're going to read from Philippians chapter 1. We're going to read eight verses together, and it's going to come up on the screen. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he, meaning God, who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Last week, we began this new collection of talks entitled Joy in the Crazy Places. You know, that term crazy is synonymous with some words like mad, insane, demented, And perhaps like me, you don't want those words associated with your life. But the world as we know it right now can be understood as crazy or chaotic. It's all a little bit much for so many people. Perhaps your life can feel like a little bit of a, on the verge of a crazy place. You know, some experts have described 2020 in one word, traumatic and I, I can hear you and I can feel you glaring through your screen saying to me, why, why have you got a microphone? You don't even know what year it is. No, I know it's 2021, but it hasn't, it hasn't really changed that much. And perhaps you and I haven't changed that much either. I believe the majority of us fall into one of these three categories. You might feel numb or you don't really feel much anymore. Things kind of happen around you and really you you don't really register what's going on. You are an innocent bystander in the movie that is your life. Or perhaps just like the experts say, you might feel traumatized. You might have been in environments and spaces and places over the last 10 months where trauma and moments, uh, traumatic experiences have come time and time and time and time again. And in fact, you need a lot of healing and a lot of conversation in order to grow through this process. Or The final category that I would probably put most of us into, and perhaps you are an exception, that's amazing, is people who are content. You kind of enjoy life like this. It's a bit of a throwback, the fact that not much is going on. Or perhaps your life felt a little bit like this beforehand. So not loads and loads has really changed for you. Is it possible in any of those categories right now in your life to experience joy? Is that a real possibility? 
Or is this a bit of a stretch? I wonder if you've recently asked yourself this question. Am I in a good place? Perhaps even just as I ask that question, you can hear yourself saying the phrase, I'm not in a good place. Perhaps even as I say that, you can hear other people saying to you and confiding in you, I'm not in a good place right now. I wonder if you are in a good place, spiritually, emotionally, physically, or mentally. Where are you? How are you? What's going on in your heart? What's going on in your head? What's going on in your soul? What kind of place are you in? Is it possible to experience joy in the place that you are right now? Paul, the apostle, writing this letter to the church in Philippi, was also in what could be described as a crazy place. As Pastor Stephen shared with us last week, Paul was in prison. He was in prison potentially jailed, uh, chained to a jailer. He was in the midst of a Roman sewage system. And a little while ago, Laura and I were in New York and in New York City, they, they threw the rubbish on the streets for the bags for the bin men to collect it. And there are rats everywhere. So you can imagine it being in the midst of a Roman sewage system, the, what you would see, it would have been the vilest of places and spaces. Yet it was in this very place that he said that he is seated in heavenly places. It doesn't sound like much of a heavenly place to me. It, on an earthly sense, he was in a crazy place, but in a spiritual sense, he was in a heavenly place. He was experiencing joy even in the midst of chaos. It is possible to experience deep biblical joy in the midst of challenging circumstances. Paul writing to the church of Philippi, it's fair for us in this moment to ask why? Why this letter to this people at this time? Do you ever uh, answer the phone around somebody and you're talking on the phone and they're saying, what are they saying? And all they can hear is, and your answers and, and that person is saying, what, what are they saying? Give me the phone, give me the phone. They're listening to one end of a two-way conversation. And for us, as we, as we read the, book, uh, the, the letter, keyword to the church in Philippi, we are listening to one end of a two-way conversation. We can't really hear the, but what we can hear is what Paul is saying on this end of the letter. This letter was received and read in Philippi, estimated to be in the seventh decade of the first century. Paul, along with Silas, Timothy, and Luke, had been years previously. And so they had a friendship, they had a relationship, and there was a connection to their conversation. You can go on and read about that in Acts 16, 11 to 40. In this church, if we look at Philippians 1, 27 to 30, we will see that they were experiencing opposition and suffering, let's, let's put it on the screen, Philippians 1. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm. Why do they need to stand firm? What's going on around them for them to stand firm? Obviously a form of instability in the one spirit. In the one spirit, is, is, there, is there conflict? Is there stuff going on in an internal sense? Striving together as one, keyword again, one, for the faith of the gospel. He's encouraging them 
to stay together, to stick together, to be unified, which shows us that there are some things going on. Philippians 2, 1 to 4, shows us more stuff that's going on in the context. Philippians 2, 1 to 4, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Can you see the picture that is being painted here by Paul? There is division, there is struggle, there is opposition, there's stuff going on. Philippians 4 verse 2, we see it again. He's, he's alluding to the problems. Philippians 4 and verse 2, he's alluding to all that's going on. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Were people doing stuff out of selfish ambition? Do people do that in church? I've never seen it. Or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not look into your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Do you get the picture that is being painted? There is struggle going on internally and externally, opposition and suffering. Yet Paul is writing, stirring what? Joy. I always pray with joy. It is possible to experience deep biblical joy in the midst of challenging circumstances. And so today, on this Sunday, I want to give you three truths that will walk by the hand some joy into your life. The first truth is this. Partnership in the gospel brings joy. Partnership in the brings joy. My prayers for all of you, I always, because of your partnership in the gospel, from, from the first day until now, Paul is experiencing joy as he prayed because this group of believers were partnering with him in the spreading of the gospel. We see it later in Philippians 4. Uh, 14 to 19, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I've received full payment and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied. Now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent, they're a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Let's take note of some of the things that Paul just said there. Not one church shared with me except you. This is our choice to partner in the gospel. You were the exception that chose to. So what I desire is that more be credited to your account, not give me more, you didn't give me enough, but actually in the fact that you have partnered in the gospel with me, I want more to be credited to your account. What account? Is it an ISA? Is it a Stephen's account? Your account with God. See, all of us will give an account of our lives to God you have given it an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. So they've sacrificed and that sacrifice is deemed as acceptable. And then he lands this encouragement with this phrase. And my God will meet all of your needs 
according to the riches of whose glory? His glory in Christ Jesus. When we partner in the gospel, God meets your needs according to his riches. Paul is overjoyed at how they have partnered in the gospel. And so reminds them of their sacrifice, their partnership, and what more, God's gonna meet your needs according to the riches of his glory. Partnership in the gospel brings joy. Their sacrifice brought them joy. And so I wanna encourage you today, what is it that you could give to God? How is it that you could partner in sharing the gospel? How, could, how can you partner with organizations, with people who are committed to sharing and spreading the gospel and how that will bring joy into your life? Whether it be financial, whether it be your time devoting to prayer, whether it be your words, writing letters to missionaries or people responsible for sharing the gospel, whether it be your ideas and your creativity, whether it be your energy, we can leverage our lives for the glory of God on the earth. And the product of that will be joy. Look at how Paul speaks about these believers, 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 5. Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing, the privilege of sharing in this service, the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God, to us also, their overflowing joy. Now, I asked you at the beginning of this message, are you in a good place? Or have you asked yourself that question recently? The, the phrase or the title of this idea today, this message is, quote unquote, the good place. That you would be in the good place. The good place is deep biblical joy living in close relationship with Jesus. These believers, although in poverty, in trial, are in the good place. Because where they lack in one thing, their joy is overflowing. Where they lack in finances and monetary value, they overflow in joy. Where they're in the midst of trial, and they lack in comfort, they're overflowing in joy. Paul is spreading the good news about Jesus and they have the immense privilege to partner with that. That's why, because sharing the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus, sharing the gospel of Christ is what matters most. These verses aren't simply about money. I'm not asking us to give more today. If that's what you're hearing, I'm, I'm sorry that that's as small as you think partnering the, in the gospel is about. It includes money. But the idea of these verses is about partnership. Partnering in the gospel brings joy, time, treasure, and talent. I wonder if you know anybody who's sarcastic and everywhere you go with them, you have to apologize for them. They, they just say things and 
the people who they're talking to do not have a clue what they're on about. It's like, how's your day going? Awful, thanks. <laughs> and you're walking around behind them. I'm so sorry. It's so sarcastic. They're not rude. They're just sarcastic. And then maybe you'll, maybe you'll have heard this phrase or said this phrase on behalf of somebody else. And if you haven't, you're probably that person. To know them is to love them. When you know them, you'll get them. You'll understand that that's what they're like. See, when you know somebody, you have a, a bit more of confidence around them, a bit more peace around them. You almost have to explain uh, them to other people because you know them better. The second truth when it comes to our joy is that knowing God's character brings joy. Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until on to completion until the, the day of Christ Jesus. Being confident of this. God began the work God's going to finish it. Why was Paul experiencing joy? Paul was the one who led Lydia to salvation. Lydia is the person who we'll see in Acts 16. Paul was the one who led the jailer and his household to salvation. Paul was the one who helped the slave girl and led her to salvation in Christ. Yet he was experiencing joy, not because of his efforts and his labor and his ability, but because God began a good work in these believers and God will carry it on until the day of Christ Jesus, until the day of completion. You must get this today. What God starts, God finishes. What God starts, God finishes. If God's called you to it, God's going to bring you through it. Well, that sounds a bit like a cliche. Well, sometimes cliches just tell the truth in a very simple way. What God starts, God finishes. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. Here, here we have a confidence coming from Paul, a joy coming from Paul, that actually at the end of the day, everything's gonna be more than okay because God started it, God's gonna finish it. And I want you to know today that what God starts in you, that this salvation journey that God started in you, God's going to bring you through until the day of Christ Jesus, until the day of completion, when Jesus returns. So why am I experiencing misery then? That's a fair question. Perhaps like me in this time, you've also questioned God. Is it okay to say that? It helps that I can't see your face. I don't mean questioned his existence. I don't mean questioned his supremacy. I don't mean even question his intentions, but perhaps like me, you've questioned his ability to bring you through. Perhaps like me, you felt that your inability far outweighs his ability. But knowing God's character brings joy. What did Paul understand of God? 2 Timothy 1 verse 12 says, that is why I'm suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it. For I know the one in whom I trust. I want to encourage you today to know the one in whom you trust. You might be experiencing some misery in your heart and some misery in your life because you don't, you don't know him. You know of him and you've heard stories, but you don't really know him. I'm sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. See, you can have assurance about the character of God and speak these truths by faith into your life. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? 
knowing God's character brings joy. See, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Almighty One. He is Adonai. He is the bread of life. He is the chief shepherd. He is the day spring. He is the everlasting father. He is the friend of sinners. He's the gate for the sheep. He's the holy one of Israel. He is the healer. He is the I am. He is Jehovah. He is Jesus. He is the king of kings. He is the light of the world. He is the morning star. He's the Nazarene. He's omnipotent. He's the prince of peace. He's the resurrection. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the seed of Abraham. He's the truth. He's the vine. He's the wonderful counselor. He's the word. He's the way maker. He is Yahweh and he is God. And when you know his character, when you know who he is, then you will have ever increasing, overflowing joy in your life. How did you get to know your spouse? How did you get to know how that person in the office takes their tea or takes their coffee or whether or not you should talk to them at 8am or not? Here's how. Time, T-I-M-E. The more time that we spend in proximity to Jesus, the more that we know him. Spend time with God. Grow in your love for his word. Learn how to, learn how to pray and stay in prayer. Not give up every time it gets tough. Seek God in worship. In your living room, sing, dance, buy, jump, clap, cry, surrender, whatever it takes for you to spend time with Jesus. That is how you're going to get to know his character more. And knowing his character more will result in overflowing joy. Despite the circumstance, despite the situation, despite what's going on around you guys. Joy comes from knowing God's character. Well, no thanks. Really? No thanks to all of that? Really? I, I, I just, I can't fathom it. Let me, let me land this one for you, and I don't want to pick on you Grey's Anatomy fans, but Grey's Anatomy has 369 episodes, the equivalent. The average episode is 43 minutes, taking out advertisements. That is the equivalent, if you've watched all 17 seasons of Grey's Anatomy, or you're on your way there, or anything in between, that is the equivalent of 11 days. 11 days of your life that you have spent watching Grey's Anatomy. But 45 minutes with Jesus feels like too much. That is not to condemn you. That is not to put you down. But it is to bring us perspective that knowing God's character brings joy. Spending some time with Jesus will help you know him more. And as a result, the product of that will be joy in your life. If we underestimate the character of God, we will underestimate the power of God, which will result in the prayers to God that we pray being minuscule and meaningless rather than bold and audacious. The third truth and the final truth as we come to a close today is experiencing God's grace brings joy. Philippians 1, 7 to 8. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you should Sure in God's grace with me. God can testify how long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Do we remember who Paul is? Right? Knowing, experiencing God's grace brings joy. When you remember who he is, when you remember that he is a person who persecuted the church, who held the, the cloaks of people who were murdering 
Jesus followers, people like Stephen in the book of Acts, when you, when you realize that in Acts chapter nine, he was on his way to persecute more believers, you begin to, to realize that there is grace in abundance for you too, because if it was grace for Paul, there's grace for you. Experiencing God's grace brings grace of God in my life. What are the implications? God's power rests on you, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. You're saved, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Sin has no dominion over you, Romans 6, 14. You have confidence, you're shown mercy and you can approach the throne of God, Hebrews 4, 16. You receive more grace in place of grace, John 1, 16. You're justified, Romans 3, 24. You're strengthened, 2 Timothy 2, 1. You're made alive, Ephesians 2, 1 to 22. You have a holy calling, 2 Timothy 1, 9. Are you starting to get that or do you want me to keep going? Okay, I'll keep going just for a minute, just in case you're choosing what you're going to watch next or what you're going to have for lunch or where you're going to go later on. You are chosen, accepted, saved, redeemed, called, righteous, loved, favored, adopted, forgiven, entrusted, free, filled, empowered, sanctified, strengthened, equipped, holy, gifted, blessed, godly, spotless. All because of what? What Jesus has done for you. Romans 5, 1 to 5. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully, keyword joyfully, look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, keyword rejoice. We can have joy too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop an endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. This hope will not lead to disappointment. You might feel disappointment, but your disappointment isn't your destination. This hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. If you guys want to come, we're going to respond to God in worship. This hope will not lead to disappointment for we know. To know is to experience. Today, you can experience the love of God and the grace of God through every fiber of your being, which will result in joy permeating through your body, permeating through your spirit. I don't know where you, if you're in a good place mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, but I know that the antidote is found in the word of God. The antidote, the cure is found in the presence of God. The solution to your problem today is found in the very moment where you say, here I am, Lord, fill me, the Spirit of God, to fill your heart with His love. The good place is found in the will of God, experiencing the grace of God, knowing God more and partnering to bring the gospel to others. The good place is a place of joy, biblical joy, real, deep joy. You, the Bible says this in Psalm 30, 11 and 12, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and you have clothed me with joy. I don't know what you're wearing right now, whether you're still in your PJs, whether you've been for a run, whether you're just back from the shop, but I want you to look at what you're wearing and I want you to realize that what you're wearing, you're in a spiritual sense, you have been clothed with 
joy. I'm, I'm not, this is not a fake. These guys are right here. I am so excited about the Word of God right now because when, I, when the Word of God is planted into your heart, you have a revelation of the character of God and knowledge of the character of God will bring overflowing joy in your life. You are clothed with joy in order that what happens, that you might sing praises to God and not be silent. Oh Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. So I don't know where you are or what you're at right now, but I know that when I was prepping this message, that I felt the Spirit of God bubble like a well deep inside of me, that whether or not you feel comfortable, whether or not you feel up for it, that you would work Worship God, whether that's sitting, whether that's bowing. But what I do know is that that's not numb looking at a screen. That's not apathetic, ready to turn it off. That's not bored of this. That's excited about the very presence of God. This is all this is is a moment with a screen, like any other moment you have with a screen. Really, is that all it is to you? This is a moment where you can experience the very presence of God, where you can be filled with the power of God, where you can be filled with the Spirit of God, where His love is poured into your life, where you are made new, where you can experience joy, where you are in the good place. Hi everyone, thanks for listening in on our Sunday podcasts. Check us out on our Facebook, Instagram at UT Belfast.